This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now, you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. And by the grace of God, it is finally Friday. I don't like to thank, uh, say thank God it's Friday, and I don't like to say happy Monday either. So I, I say that, you know, because, you know, I thank God it's Friday. Uh, you know, uh, by the grace of God, it is Friday. Thank you very much. Um, by the way, I don't know if you knew this, um, in America... On uh, places like DirecTV, there are now essentially uh, two, well, now just one, conservative network. On DirecTV, there's one conservative network. It's Fox News, I guess, which, you know, at times, not so much. Did you see the election coverage in November of 2020? Uh, anyway, uh, right now, the, when you look at the, the lineup on DirecTV, as far as conservative representation, Fox, that's it. How many channels you got on DirecTV? Like 1,200? Stupid amounts of uh, channels, and they decided after they got marching orders from two Democrats and Nancy Pelosi last year to get rid of OAN. They said OAN and Newsmax and Fox News all do disinformation. That's a lie. Now, remember earlier I, I said of this organization that uh, literally the Global Disinformation Index, they have a website, and they decide uh, from the government essentially what is misinformation and disinformation, and they say that uh, places like, I don't know, uh, uh, let's see, The Blaze, The Federalist, Daily Wire, uh, OAN, Newsmax, they all are uh, disseminators of this supposed disinformation, which is basically uh, disinformation is anything that doesn't align with the, the, the party line. That schools should be closed because of COVID. You should take a, a vaccine. The vaccine will prevent the, uh, the virus. You should stand six feet from someone and you should wear a mask. All was considered the gold standard from the government. All have been proven wrong. But if you said, I'm not going to wear a mask, that was disinformation. You see what I'm saying? So what uh, DirecTV did is they uh, got rid of OAN last year, and then they got rid of Newsmax about a week ago, and uh, they are keeping on ABC, CBS, NBC, PBS, Univision, Telemundo, CNN, BBC, C-SPAN, Bloomberg, CNN World, ESPN News, CNN Espanol, E-Vice, CNN Headlines, uh, News Nation, Comedy Central, CNBC, CNN, MSNBC. They pay them all. But they had to get rid of the second largest conservative network in America. And they thought they were going to get away with it. And then the first week, DirecTV got 50,000 calls saying, I'm out of here. If you would like to help us out and uh, get us back on DirecTV, because I know a lot of rural viewers... That's what you rely on, your satellite dish. Call this number, 877-NEWSMAX. Well, 877-NEWSMAX. So um, about uh, two years ago, I came up with an expression called don't catch the stupid. And to me, a lot of the things that were being peddled by the government, I just looked at it. I said, this can't be true because it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, it's, it's not common sense. Like the fear-mongering surrounding COVID initially, 
and then the mandates and all of that. That's where it started. And then, then it became other things like you can't criticize CRT. And, and originally, Democrats said CRT wasn't being taught. Now they're saying, oh, yeah, it is, and we love it. And the fact that you're not liking it means that you're a white supremacist. See how they switched, See how they switched things there? And, and then other things like uh, this transgender surgery, thinking a, a four-year-old uh, who dresses like a little girl who's a boy, born a boy, should uh, immediately begin puberty blockers. That's insane. All of this is insane. And so uh, I just said, I just, you know, my, my sign-off line on the radio show, on the TV show is don't catch the stupid because you're being asked to believe so many things that patently are, are insane. And that's when my friend Jim Gossett and I got together and did a theme song about it. Arizona and Corona. All the lies about them they've been telling you. Listen, just listen. How did they win it, the freaking Senate, Mm, when the votes that they received were very few? Don't catch the stupid, don't buy their BS, that climate change is real, inflation's not. Don't catch the stupid, don't believe them, because distraction and diversion's all they got. We all know that Hurricane Ian was the result of global warming. Russian collusion led to confusion. January 6th is a smokescreen. The new Green Deal is a disguise deal, like their mandate forcing you to take vaccine. Don't catch the stupid, you just can't do it. That in women's sports, men should compete. They're teaching sex ed in kindergarten. Their destructive policies we must defeat. Like wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Statues have fallen. It's so appalling to ignore Hunter's laptop and his staff. Not organic. Don't catch the stupid. Reject their nonsense. Everything is stupid on the By the way, if you want to hear the uh, song parodies and uh, and the interviews and the show, we do a podcast of the show every day. And you can go to Newsmax.com slash listen. Newsmax.com slash uh, listen. So Chuck Grassley appeared on Capitol Hill yesterday. Let me get that a second. I want to, I want to play a little uh, sweet, sweet Sebastian Gorka because he just kicks butt. He was a, a Trump administration official and American badass. And yesterday he was talking to uh, Steve Bannon, who, by the way, has been declared, what did they call him? The uh, number one top information podcast on the web. And you know why they call him that? Because he has a massive reach, like 60 million people watch his uh, podcast. So the New York Times, in concert with the uh, the far-left Brooking Institute, came out with their list of the top misinformation podcasts on the, uh, on the air. And uh, this includes, of course, the Charlie Kirk Show, the Sean Hannity Show. I'm working on it. I'm trying to be. I, I want to get up there. Mark Levin uh, and, of course, War Room. Here is Sebastian Gorka talking with uh, Steve Bannon yesterday about what the FBI has become. And uh, Sebastian Gorka has an idea because he is a Washington D.C. insider. Uh, he has more knowledge. Uh, he, he has more knowledge than you and I could learn in a lifetime about the inner workings of the uh, federal government, the FBI, and the de- Defense Department. That's sad. That's a sad day for America. This is a political police force. Whether it's Matthew Hauk, the pro-life activist. Whether it's you, whether it's Peter Navarro, whether it's Mar-a-Lago being besieged by armed FBI agents in full ceramic plated. Never been done before, by the way. Never been done in history. 
before. Body armor and loaded pistols going through Melania's wardrobe. Um, this is nothing more than a political police force. It's Biden's Gestapo. Sadly, we don't have control of the purse strings until September because of that traitor Mitch McConnell and his yep. deal with the Democrats. But yep. at least... Let's get some sunlight on uh, what the FBI has been doing, what DHS has been doing, uh, what the CIA, what the NSA were doing to you and me uh, in terms of surveilling us whilst we were in the West Wing. Um, let's get the information out there so everybody in the Shire can know what the FBI has become. <laughs> the Shire. <laughs> the Shire. <laughs> Washington, D.C. is an S-H word, but it's not Shire. I'll tell you that. Uh, so Chuck Grassley from Iowa, that's where I'm from testified uh, yesterday before the House New Select Committee on Political Weaponization. He said that whistleblower disclosures indicate the FBI has evidence that Joe Biden is aware of the family business. Duh. Uh, do, you, do you wonder why they're trying to cover up Hunter Biden's laptop? It's all there. It's, it's been there since 2019. But our government is so corrupt, uh, they know the damage that it, that it, caused, it, it is causing and will cause, and they knew it in 2019, and they silenced it. They, they, and people need to go to jail for this. Here is Chuck Grassley. That's sad. That's a sad day for America. That is not Chuck Grassley. Here, here is, uh, hold on one second. Oh, there we are. Here is uh, Chuck Grassley. I run my own audio. I'm the only talk show host in America, I think, who does that. Now, as our investigation continues, Whistleblowers approached my office with allegations that the FBI created an assessment in August 2020, the same month that the FBI briefed me and Senator Johnson. According to these whistleblowers, that assessment was used by FBI headquarters to improperly discredit negative Hunter Biden information huh. as, you might expect, disinformation. Huh. As a result, this scheme allegedly caused investigative activity to entirely cease. Yeah, yeah. the FBI just said, uh, oh, we got the laptop. Well, yeah, we'll take care of it. They, they got in touch with the laptop owner, the laptop owner, uh, or I should say the uh, the guy who owned the, uh, the, the uh, shop where Hunter Biden dropped it off. He contacted the FBI. They said, yeah, we'll get back to you. Never got back to him. Never got back to him. He gave a copy to Rudy Giuliani. They sat on it. Finally, uh, it became the property of the laptop store owner. And uh, the FBI had it, and they sat on it. And they thought that if they just sat on it through the election, that it'd just go away. But the New York Post reported on it, made it public. And so the FBI got in touch with Twitter and other social media. They'd been having meetings for about nine months before the 2020 election to say that, oh, yeah, this is Russian disinformation. And then 50 intelligence agency officials said that it was Russian disinformation. And they signed it, uh, an affidavit that said it was Russian disinformation. None of them are hanging their heads in shame today. Today they should. Because they sold their soul for a narrative. Here's more from uh, Chuck Grassley with regard to uh, uh, Hunter Biden's laptop suppression by the FBI to throw the 2020 election. It's been further alleged to me that in September 2020, the same month, Senator Johnson and I released our first report. Those FBI headquarters personnel began placing their analysis of the credibility of reporting related to the Biden family in what I've been told is a restricted access sub-file. Further allegations to my office... Off-channel communications. ...involved FBI personnel at the Washington field office 
who improperly ordered information to be closed by the FBI related to Hunter Biden's potential criminal conduct in October 2020. Huh, that's just a couple weeks before the election. Before the election, Yeah. even though it was verified or it was verifiable. It was verified or verifiable. They knew it was uh, a a campaign killer, and they sat on it. And because they couldn't just sit on the case, because the New York Post had the information, they got in touch using their channels with big social media and the mainstream media to shut down the story. Other whistleblower disclosures to my office make clear that the FBI has within its uh, possession very significant, impactful, and voluminous evidence with respect to potential criminal conduct by Hunter and James Biden. Lots of money. These disclosures also allege that Joe Biden was aware of Hunter Biden's business arrangements and may have been involved in some of them. We still aren't sure what's been done with this information. The FBI's track record doesn't create much faith that the information is going to be followed up on. It's clear to me that the Justice Department and the FBI are suffering from a political infection that, if it's not defeated, will cause the American people no longer to trust these storied institutions. Oh, we're already there. (laughs) We're already there. The American people get it. 71% of us think the country's going in the wrong direction. 60% don't feel Joe Biden has done anything good for the country in his two years in office. We get it. All of this is connected. It's not just inflation. All of this is connected. The the butt is off the rose on this. And uh, and coming up, I've I've got some audio from last March where the FBI uh, deputy director of cybersecurity said the FBI did not have the laptop, didn't know where it was, even though they'd been sitting on it since 2019. Three years. Here's a number you want to chime in, guys. 800-922-6680. It's a Friday edition of the Rob Carson Show. The left has been trying to get you to hate America for 50 years. And we're fighting it and we're fighting it hard. Guess what? It ain't working. It's the Rob Carson Show. You know, it's really amazing. The Hunter Biden laptop was in the possession of the FBI since 2019. CBS literally just two months ago finally announced that it was real. <laughs> I mean, it's just so sickening. It's just so thoroughly, thoroughly disgusting. Uh, and uh, uh, not surprising, but fortunately, there are some people who are speaking out. I've been doing it for a couple of years now, and it's all been just common sense to me. Uh, not so common, I guess, with Washington, D.C. Last year, I remember Matt Gates questioned this guy named Brian Vordran. Uh, Vordran, he was the assistant director of cybersecurity for the FBI. And uh, he asked uh, uh, Brian Vordran about Hunter Biden. This is last year. This is three years after the FBI had the son of the president's laptop from hell, which featured the fact that he was getting money from communist China, Ukraine, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Very questionable uh, uh, business dealings, 10% going to the big guy. And Vordran acts like he had no clue. You're telling me right here is that as the assistant director, of FBI cyber, you don't know where this is after it was turned over to you three years ago. Yes, sir, that's an accurate statement. I'm thinking of all the pieces of evidence turned over to the FBI that year. I'm thinking that's about the biggest thing possible. 
How are Americans supposed to trust that you can protect us from the next colonial pipeline if it seems that you can't locate a laptop that was... The Biden administration has uh, some real severe problems with pipelines, you know? Uh, They've got uh, ones in America that they shut down, one that was attacked in America, and then they blew one up in the Black Sea. It's given to you three years ago from the first family, potentially creating vulnerabilities for our country. Sir, it's, it's not in the purview of my investigative responsibilities. It's not in my purview. I'm the assistant deputy of uh, cybersecurity, which, uh, if I'm not mistaken, has something to do with computers and that interweb thing that we've been talking about. So, I mean, who is it? Do you even know who has it? Do you know who we should put in that chair to ask these questions to? No, sir, I don't know who has it. Well, it, could you find out and tell us? You're going to have to give us briefings, thanks to Mr. Liu and Mr. Massey's question, about whether or not the FBI was taking a $5 million test drive on the Pegasus system that was being used to target people in politics, people in government, people in the media, huh. people in American life. So huh. will you commit to give us a briefing as the assistant director of FBI Cyber as to where the laptop is, whether or not it's a point of vulnerability, <laughs> whether or not the American people yeah. should wonder whether or not the first family is compromised? Sir, I'd be happy to take your request back to our office. Wow. Gosh, I mean, will you advocate for that briefing? As a you you will i will be happy to take your request back to fbi headquarters wow will you do you believe that that is a briefing that the congress is is worthy of having i guess i am i'm not gonna answer that question okay now here's the thing the fbi didn't even acknowledge that he had it the fbi didn't even acknowledge they had it so what did matt gates do matt gates told the deputy secretary of cybersecurity the fbi okay since you don't i'm going to go ahead and enter this copy that i have into the congressional record so there's no denying it like you have done for at least three years you don't even know if they're compromised tell you what mr chairman i seek unanimous consent to enter into the record of this committee Uh uh-oh the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop. What is this laptop? I'm in possession. What is that? I'm not. There's no objection to that. I've, ne- I've never had. We will object pending further uh, investigation. What's the basis of that objection? It's a unanimous consent request, and I object pending. Well, I have a subsequent question. That's Jerry Nadler. He's uh, trying to stop it. Mr. Chairman, I seek unanimous consent to enter into the record the receipt. It may very well be from the Mac entered, shop. It may very well be entered into the record after we look at it further. I don't trust somebody who pulls up their pants to just below their nipples. Very well, Mr. Chairman, um, I have a subsequent unanimous consent. I'm sorry about the visual. Oh, I'm sorry. Mr. Chairman, I seek unanimous consent to enter into the record. Okay, so now can, uh, Congress has the laptop, uh, but the FBI still, uh, even now, uh, seems very disinterested in what is in the laptop. But fortunately, we have hearings on Capitol Hill that are uh, showing us uh, the malfeasance and the lies and the lies of the FBI to uh, shut us down, to keep us quiet. Um, also, I don't know if I have time to, yeah. Tulsi Gabbard appeared on Capitol Hill yesterday, and she was taken off of social media. Big tech silenced her voice and uh, and allowed people to be able to um, attack her online, uh, and she could not really uh, respond in kind. And one of those people was Mitt Romney. This is what Tulsi Gabbard said about Mitt Romney yesterday. Okay, my computer is freezing up. I'm going to save that soundbite. I will have it for you on the other side of the uh, of the break. But if you'd like to call, here's the number, 800-922-6680. I'm going to move off of this because uh, there is much more to get to. Some stunning testimony from uh, the state capitol in Oklahoma. 
Matt Walsh was being grilled by Democrat lawmakers about um, transgender surgery and uh, puberty blockers in minors. And uh, he had a couple of Democrat lawmakers for lunch. And then when you hear a story about a hospital in St. Louis and what they've been doing to kids the last two years, well, you better be sitting. It's coming up next. European American Armory Corp, or EAA Corp, is specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. since 1990. You can choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact carry or full size in three popular calibers. If you're a first-time gun owner, EAA Corp's all-in-one 9mm MC9 Striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes the MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There is a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today at EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of hard-earned money. Visit EAACorp.com. That's EAACorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. If the left tells you to quiet down, get louder. It's the Rob Carson Show. A few years ago... In 2018, I was a part of a uh, network of 29 Facebook pages with 17 million followers. And there was a guy named Terry Littlepage, and he uh, he invested his life savings in uh, gathering a falling, following and paying uh, Facebook for reach. And he was achieving that reach, and it was uh, wonderful. And I was, I was at the time, uh, uh, thrilled to be a part of it. I was uh, g- gaining hundreds and thousands of views, uh, hundreds of thousands of views on my live broadcasts on Facebook. And uh, on October 31st of 2018... All of the, those pages and about 830 other conservative pages were taken down from Facebook without any cause and without any uh, anybody getting their money back. Uh, there was no recourse or whatever. Uh, the day after the election in 2020, my Facebook page disappeared before I could even make a post. It just disappeared, gone gone before I could comment about, hey, maybe there's some weirdness going on. Why I couldn't get on the next morning and say, why did they stop the vote count in five battleground states at the same time? And why did all these votes for Joe Biden come in the next morning when Donald Trump was blowing Joe Biden out of the water last night? And I went to express myself on social media and I, my Facebook page was gone. I couldn't say anything about it on Twitter. And you did the same thing. If you had a question about it, you knew it, that you could not put that information on social media. And at the same time, the mainstream media wasn't covering it. And then you saw that pattern repeat, repeat itself story after story after story. When, for instance, uh, when COVID rolled around, I remember uh, Donald Trump said, hey, I hear that they're using hydroxychloroquine in Australia successfully. That was when all mention of hydroxychloroquine, a tried-and-true medication uh, used to prevent malaria in places like Africa, where COVID was almost non-existent compared to here, that was shut down. It's, it's just kind of strange, isn't it? 
and everybody had to wait. No doctor could prescribe any treatment. You could either go to the hospital, get put on a respirator, or die. That's how it happened. Because any kind of other information about possible treatment of this is maybe like a flu-like virus was shut down. And it all came from our federal government. The DHS, the CDC, the FBI, the HHS. I can go on and on. And all of that is coming out on Capitol Hill this week. I had mentioned uh, Tulsi Gabbard. She's a Democrat. Uh, the only common sense Democrat I can really think of in uh, who was in Capitol Hill, no longer there. She said that big tech silenced her. She was. She was taken down. And she was uh, even called treasonous by Mitt Romney, who is a uh, foul swamp dweller from hell. More recently, U.S. Senator Mitt Romney accused me of treason, a crime that is punishable by death under our laws. And she couldn't respond to his uh, charges online. I challenged him to back this back this serious allegation yeah, up. Yeah, pretty serious. With evidence. What was this based on? There was no response, no explanation, no evidence, and certainly no apology. Now, these accusations are often shrugged off as, well, hey, it's politics. Nope. People say things about each other all the time. That may be easy for some of you to say, but for somebody who wears the uniform, this is serious. And it's serious not only to me, but to my fellow service members and veterans. Every one of us making a decision at some point in our lives to raise our right hand, prepared and volunteering to lay our life down for this country. What does that mean in reality? It means that before every deployment, in our own hearts, we have to make peace with the possibility that we may not come home. What else could you not really comment about? How about Joe Biden's withdrawal, unceremonious withdrawal from Afghanistan? What about criticizing that? Yeah, that was another case of misinformation and disinformation. Where was the media coverage about it? What about all the heartbroken Gold Star families and, uh, and uh, soldiers who served in Afghanistan who uh, laid their lives on the line? Many of them lost them. Many have returned home with incredible injuries to their body or their brains. What about that? Yeah. Disinformation and misinformation. The biggest, the biggest video yesterday that I saw on social media came from a guy, Representative Higgins. I mean, the biggest reaction I saw, and Representative Higgins basically told the people on Twitter who were there, Yul Roth, uh, Vijay Gaddy, whatever her name is, and the other guy, that uh, you're, you, there's a real good chance you're going to go to jail. And this thing exploded yesterday across the Internet. You, ladies and gentlemen, interfered with the United States of America 2020 presidential election, knowingly and willingly. That's the bad news. It's going to get worse. Because this is the investigation part. Later comes the arrest part. Your attorneys are familiar with that. Mr. Chairman, I'd like to spend five hours with these ladies and gentlemen doing <laughs> depositions surely yet to come. But for right now, I'll yield the balance of my time to my colleague, Mr. Yeah. Jordan. People get it, too. You know, people get it. I mean, you, you, you like to think that maybe you'll just forget. Oh, they'll forget that election. They'll forget about the Arizona. I like to leave it in the past. It's really not argue. It's not worth arguing about. No. Bullcrap. <laughs> I'm not going to let it go. I'm not going to let 
this go. I'm not going to let the fact that my daughter missed out on two years of her education, essentially, because of uh, an unnecessary shutdown of her school. I'm not going to let go the fact that my son missed two years of his college, essentially, because of a, uh, a COVID virus that, that would not kill him. I'm not going to let that fade. I'm not going to let the damage just happen and let you drive away. It's not going to happen. I want some people to pay for this crap. Uh, Rand Paul was on Capitol Hill yesterday. He talked about, um, oh, the United States and uh, and gain-of-function research, which we were not able to question. We have not been able to question online. Gain-of-function research, Anthony Fauci, NIH, all misinformation and disinformation. But the truth is coming out. Mr. Sherman, it's estimated that between uh, 5 and uh, 18 million people died from COVID-19 worldwide. To a significant number of scientists, the evidence suggests that this originated from a lab leak in Wuhan. That's disinformation. Does the State Department fund coronavirus research in China? Do we fund coronavirus? I don't believe so, but I don't know. I'll double check. I'll just check with somebody back in the office. Sounds a lot. That sounds kind of familiar, don't it? You hear a lot of that on Capitol Hill. And we'll get back to you on that, Senator. The answer is yes, you do. And (laughs) it's been going on for more than a decade. And it's done through a program called Predict and then the Global Virome. And why this is important is... We had a mil- she thought she could just get away with saying, I don't know, but I'll check. And he already had the information, and it's indisputable. A million Americans die, and we really haven't had any discussion of this. No hearings, nothing. People are unaware that they're even funding the research. We found out recently through the House unclassified report that money is going from the NIH to American universities to the, um, uh, uh, the Academy of Military Medical Sciences Research in China. Yeah, that's a fact. It happened. So to add insult to injury, not only was the virus created in a lab in Wuhan, and China is known for weaponizing viruses, we know that, but it appears we were down with it. Your money helped pay for it. Here is a little bit more of Rand Paul with regard to COVID. This is not partisan. We want to know what the U.S. State Department is funding. NIH resists our our requests on their funds. The two things that we know for certain that have led us to believe this came from the lab that are big came because one was leaked, and this was a DARPA request. So the Chinese researchers in China wanted from DARPA money to create a virus that, guess what, looks exactly like COVID-19. They asked for it in 2018. We turned them down. Fortunately, we did the right thing for once. We turned them down. That doesn't mean they didn't do the research. And so many scientists at an aha moment, they saw this and they said, oh, my goodness, they asked for money to create something that looks almost exactly what we got. Weird. So in nature, you do not have coronaviruses that infect people that have what is called a furin cleavage site. Chinese said, give us money. We're going to stick a furin cleavage site to allow it to infect humans more. We found out that not because you let us know or not because the NIH let us know. Uh They still resist. This is top secret. This is classified. This is a whole problem of classification, but it's also to cover up things. So we don't know anything about the 28th thing, but we had an illegal leak that went to somebody in the media that's now public that said the Chinese wanted to create a virus just like COVID-19 in 2018. Another thing thing as well, did you know that every doctor – Every preeminent uh, uh, endocrinologist or uh, virologist who disagreed with the party line, the state line, they were insane, right? Dr. Robert Malone, 
he's crazy. Dr. Marty McCary, he's crazy. Jay Bhattacharya, he's absolutely crazy. Don't listen to them. Here's Kat Kamek mentioning that, the war against good physicians who knew the truth. Yes or no? Are you aware of other instances where either Dr. Collins or Dr. Fauci plan to have the media publish articles to discredit other scientists or doctors during the COVID-19 pandemic? I'm not aware of any such instance. Of course. Of course. Now, as Deputy <laughs> Ethics Counselor at NIH, aren't there ethical concerns about using the U.S. government to silence scientific yeah. speech, yeah. particularly peer-reviewed speech? When the stakes are so high, right, as they were during the height of COVID-19, shutting down economies, keeping yeah. kids in schools, increased mm -hmm. rates of mental illness, addiction, suicide, mm -hmm. et cetera. And now, of course, we know that the collusion between Twitter and the Biden administration has come to light. Does that not concern you? I'm unaware of any collusion. Um, I know there's ongoing. Oh, you know what? Uh, that's that's good. So I'm I glad I'm going so to I'm going to enlighten you then. So just a few months after that email, this email that you were CC'd on between Dr. Francis Collins and Dr. Fauci, you have records of this, and I'm sure there are others. Just a few months after that, Twitter was directed by the Biden administration to deplatform multiple scientific accounts. They're all crazy. Doctors, Nobel Prize winners. Mm -hmm. They went so far as on March 14th, 2021. Spreading disinformation. And in internal communications between top Twitter executives and the Biden administration to say, we are very angry. The Biden administration needs a push to deplatform these multiple accounts. Wow. These deplatforming de of accounts were, of course, related to the great Baring uh, Barrington Declaration. And they said, according to the Biden administration, to Twitter, that not enough had been done to silence these doctors. Dr. Tobik. Did, the, did you provide Dr. Collins with any ethical counsel or advice on this matter? Yeah, isn't it amazing? Because uh, the Soviet Union did the same thing. They'd say if you didn't agree with the party line that you were crazy. You're crazy. You need to be re-educated. Uh, it's, it's textbook stuff, guys. It, it doesn't take a lot of uh, common sense to figure it out. I'm just glad that it's being revealed on, uh, on, uh, on the mainstream. Well, not the mainstream, but on, on conservative media. And on Capitol Hill. Uh, I want to get to this uh, incredible testimony by Matt Walsh. Uh, he is a, a conservative uh, blogger uh, before the Tennessee House Health Committee about uh, transgender operations and, uh, and hormone treatments for children. Um, history is going to show that uh, the people who perpetrated this on children were criminals. And uh, we'll get to that. It, it's, it's very shocking stuff. And then I'm going to share what's been happening at the uh, Washington University Transgender Center in St. Louis Children's Hospital. That's on the way. Here's the number if you want to chime in, 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. If you're down with trigger warnings, you might want to listen to something else. It's the Rob Carson Show. All right, so Matt Walsh, I'm going to share this after the top of the hour just because I've only got like a five-minute segment here, and this is going to be long. And it is the Tennessee house that he was speaking in front of. I confused it because Oklahoma, they are considering this uh, uh, non, uh, this uh, transgender nonsense 
basically saying uh, they're going to make the state into uh, a place that you can't go to get uh, transgender uh, surgery or or puberty blockers um, for minors. And I confuse it because the the uh, Oklahoma state capitol was uh, was overrun by protesters. Uh, and oddly enough, the FBI didn't go after any of them. It's weird. It's kind of weird how they do that. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So Matt Walsh spoke before the Tennessee House Health Committee. <clears throat> Trust me, it, it sounds kind of uh, medical and all that. Uh, we'll just wait till you hear his words if you haven't heard them. They're uh, pretty amazing. Um, but in this segment before the top of the hour, let's talk about uh, something else. Let's talk about Disney with the proud family and don't say gay and all that. Zippity doo da, zippity a. This is Jim Gossett. Disney says that white people must pay. Slavery built this nation, they say. Reparations are coming your way. The proud families are disaster. Disaster. Even trashed. Abraham Lincoln, what the heck was Disney thinking? Zippity doo da, zippity hey! Disney could soon be going away. This cartoon rewrites our history. Not the truth, not actual, nothing in it's close to factual. Zippity doo da, zippity hey! For all their wokeness, Disney must pay. Oh, and yes, they are. Disney must pay. And this is the thing, you know, uh, Disney, when I was a kid, Sunday night was uh, Wonderful World of Disney. I mean, that was it. Disney was the deal. Uh, it always has been. It's always been a refuge for families and kids. It's always been a safe place, right? Except for that, it's a small world ride. Dear God in heaven. I mean, it takes you have to be deprogrammed after riding in that thing couple of things. Uh, it looks like Disney Plus has lost 2.4 million subscribers during the fourth quarter of 2022. Eh, no wonder why. Well, Disney betted down with the radical left on the uh, don't say gay bill, which wasn't a don't say gay bill. It was just not getting uh, teaching kindergartners child sexuality. It was not teaching children that they you know, they could change their gender. OK, that's all. It's all if it hasn't already in your state house or whatever come out in the wash. It's all nonsense. It's all harmful. It's all dreadful. It's all uh, incredibly, incredibly evil. All right? So uh, Disney decided to bed down with the left, like Netflix did briefly before they kind of changed course when uh, transgender uh, uh, employees marched off the job protesting Dave Chappelle's uh, stand-up routine. And Netflix said, okay, well, just go work somewhere else. Okay, good. They're still suffering because of all the woke nonsense that they have on uh, on uh, on Netflix, but uh, you know uh, Disney's uh, uh, Disney Plus is a proud family saying that you are to blame for slavery and you are white privilege. Well, you know what? Fine, then I won't come to your damn park. If I'm so privileged, I won't go to your park. So people are leaving uh, Disney Plus uh, on their streaming, and then this Tim Allen. Remember Tim Allen? He got removed from Toy Story. He's the voice of Buzz Lightyear. He's the dude. He's even more of a staple in the cartoons than Tom Hanks as Woody. Everybody knows Tim Allen as Buzz Lightyear. And they decided to get rid of, uh, of him because he had this, uh, this TV show that they canceled. Uh, it, was, uh, it leaned a little bit uh, uh, to the right, I guess. And they got rid of him and they replaced him in, in uh, uh, Buzz Lightyear, the Lightyear movie, uh, Buzz Lightyear 5, whatever the hell it was. And they put the guy who played Captain America in there. 
uh, Chris Evans. He he was the character, and uh, and Alan had been the uh, the Buzz Lightyear in the four previous iterations. And Disney did little in way of courting fan favor when it decided to push woke LGBTQ messaging in the film, including a same-sex kiss between two women, whatever. Why does sexuality have to be a part of uh, Toy Story, whatever? Latest chapter of the most iconic and beloved animated franchise of all time not only crash-landed, but uh, it came in second place behind uh, Jurassic World Dominion. Chris Evans, who was the guy they brought in to, to, uh, to uh, be the Buzz Lightyear, alienated his audience. And he said that if the, the change in the, uh, the format of the, uh, the show uh, was, made you feel uncomfortable, then, you, then those people would die off like dinosaurs. This included Catholics, Bible-based Protestants, Orthodox Jews, devout Muslims. All, uh, he said, the, the truth is, is those people are idiots. That's what he said. And people said, okay, then we won't see the stinking movie. So Disney, I would say Disney is in an existential crisis. Because um, uh, while there are adults in the world who are fine with children being uh, mutilated, gender uh, surgeries and whatnot, uh, adults with children don't want that. And so they're going to say no to Disney. We'll go somewhere else. We'll go to, like, whatever theme park, Six Flags. All right, let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. Hour number three of the Rob Carson Show. And by the grace of God, it is finally Friday. Hello and welcome to it. Uh, If you get the chance... Check out the podcast you want to share with others. We take the show every day. My producer, Ken, who's awesome, uh, takes the show and uh, makes it into two one-hour segments. And you can just go to Newsmax.com slash listen. Uh, and you can share with other folks. The, the show's blowing up everywhere. We're on in uh, New Hampshire, the entire state, Nevada, uh, Arizona, uh, uh, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Philadelphia, Atlanta, L.A. Hey, still working on it in uh, L.A. But uh, the show is uh, growing by leaps and bounds for a number of reasons. Uh, one of the reasons is uh, we not only provide uh, politics, we provide entertainment. We use humor when we can to make a point, uh, among other things, among other things. Plus my astute observations and incredible good looks. All of those things uh, just go by uh, Newsmax.com uh, slash listen. Oh, and then also, my TV show this weekend is Off the Hook hilarious it's a half hour soon to be an hour it's called rob carson's what in the world and uh, you can watch it tomorrow night on newsmax eight o'clock eastern just go to newsmaxtv.com you'll see it there but uh uh donald trump says i'm the funniest person on television so you know take it for what you, you want but you know he invited me to mar-a-lago to meet me so it's kind of, apparently he's kind of down with it so it's kind of cool i mean it's a pretty good endorsement i'd say not a, not a bad thing to have not a bad thing to have so um matt uh, walsh is uh, is been doing. He just did a big uh, documentary on uh, transgender uh, surgeries and nonsense. And uh, sooner or later, and and I'm not exactly sure. Somebody help me understand the mania associated with 
some of these political movements that are clearly unethical, immoral, and wrong, and people will still get behind them. Obviously, the most the most glaring uh, instance of this is people who would follow Adolf Hitler. You're making a comparison to Hitler. And it, well, yeah, yeah, because the same kind of stuff. And if you didn't remember, you know, this whole disinformation thing embraced by the federal government to shut down speech was originated in Russia with Joseph Stalin in 1923. So your uh, your argument is moot. Okay, but for some reason. They got a couple things going here. If the government wasn't able to shut down discussion about the 2020 election, say, then there were millions of people who'd be willing to call you a denier, to call you a whatever. Uh, we just discovered that there were children who clearly are mentally ill. Uh, had been impacted greatly by the COVID nonsense that they were subjected to. And then there were people willing to, to move in and tell the kids who were suffering uh, that maybe they might be the wrong gender. Uh, and then it got worse. We found out that there were counselors and teachers and principals and endocrinologists and doctors who were facilitating gender-altering puberty blockers, and surgery on healthy tissue with children. Now, the same group of people uh, in the government, CDC, HHS, declared that any discussion that this might be wrong is disinformation and misinformation, and then the left across the country declared wholesale that anybody who doesn't want children to be surgically ca or, or chemically castrated, boys or, or girls to be sterilized and given puberty blockers, well, you, they were called transphobes. All tra you're transphobe. You're transphobe, transphobe. It would appear the bud is off that rose. Uh, I could be wrong, but it, it would appear that the bud is off of that rose. And it's becoming very clear that uh, some people have been sold a bill of goods, and what has happened in this country is, I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, it, it, is, it, is, it is inhuman. Uh, it is, um, and, and if you're down with it, I really would ask that you do some research and maybe even talk to a kid who uh, had made this decision and now regrets it. Because most of them do. Uh, Matt Walsh appeared before the Tennessee House Committee, Health Committee, about House Bill 1, which would ban transgender operations for minors. And uh, he was questioned by uh, Representative Caleb uh, Hemmer um, about uh, what age do you suppose you should be able to do this? Now, in uh, Tennessee right now, uh, kids under 18 can have this procedure done. And Matt Walsh shut down the room with what he said. Uh, I found it, uh, thank you, Mr. Walsh. I found it interesting. One of our uh, uh, people uh, testified today that they uh, had their gender affirming surgery at 16. And I know uh, you in former comments mentioned uh, this uh, on your blog. At about 16, you're an adult who is mature and can make decisions. 
uh, you're that at 16. I don't care what anybody says. Even going so far as to say, you know, 16 people, uh, when you're 16, you should be married and uh, and could be pregnant or should be pregnant. Um, so I'm curious if 16 is uh, a uh, an adult in your view. Uh, why does this bill have uh, the uh, minor de defined as 18? Now, uh, Caleb Hemmer did not do very good research. He just uh, did his research from uh, very left-leaning blogs. And uh, Matt Walsh put him in his place. Uh, Mr. Walsh, well, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's a hit piece you took from Media Matters. Oh, Media Matters. Uh, from something when I was a, a radio host uh, 13, 14 years ago. My Don't hold 20s. that against him. Uh, it's also not an accurate reflection of what I actually said. Um, I was talking about... Uh, the fact that people tended to marry young historically, and that's all that that was about. Um, how does that relate to, the, to this subject? Just curious of your definition of, of if you feel like people are adults. At they were trying to do gotcha questions, but unfortunately they had somebody before them who'd done their research. 16 should, well, people uh, are adults is... at 18, uh, but actually your, your brain is not fully developed until you're 25. So we should be having a conversation about whether we should even be doing these surgeries to people at 18. But certainly before 18, it's, it's absurd. Now, listen to how he turns the table on this, this Democrat. And the two Democrats are questioning him. It's, this is amazing. Because he asked them, as parents, a simple question, and they had no response. They did not want to be caught on the record saying that kids 16 and under should get transgender surgery and puberty blockers. I mean, do you, do, you, do you think that a 16-year-old can meaningfully consent to having their body parts removed? Nothing. Do, do you? Crickets. No? Listen. Answer the question. We do not. Yeah, we ask the questions. It's not. It's, uh, okay. it's wow. <laughs> that is so fantastic. Oh, my God. That's so fantastic. And then this other guy, it's a representative, this is Ray Clemens, I believe, decided he would uh, uh, question Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh is a journalist. Matt Walsh is a, a, a father. Matt Walsh is a human being, as a citizen, looking at the, the uh, aberration that is transgender nonsense for children. Uh, he, he questioned uh, Matt Walsh's qualifications, like if you don't have a degree, if you're not a doctor, you can't say anything. Listen to this. Can you give us a summary of your educational background or your health care education experience, Mr. Walsh? Listen how smug this guy is. My experience in health care? Your educational background. I'm just curious. You, 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 you've yeah. testified as to a lot of your own research, so I'm curious for what purpose you do that and what background you have to qualify you to speak to that. In other words, he's saying you've got to be a doctor to be able to say anything. Well, you're not a doctor. Why are you asking me questions, sir? Well, my background that qualifies me to speak to this is that I'm a human being with a brain and common sense, and I have a soul. And so, therefore, I think it's a really bad idea to chemically castrate children. That is my experience. Um, also, I, I did, now it's true, I didn't, I didn't go to college, but I did go to school long enough to learn how to read. Oh, yeah. So I can read the data for myself, and that's exactly what I've done. Representative Clemens, here I And for what purpose do you... Um conduct your research and use this brain of yours and use this brain of yours i mean what a what a pompous arrogant uh d-bag uh his name is by the way john ray clemens mr walsh you're recognized i use it for the purpose of trying to protect children from being castrated and mutilated that's one of the things i try to do <laughs> you don't, don't use it clemens. to 
Thank you, Mr. Chairman. You don't use it to get clicks on your state publication? Of well, are you using it right now to try to get clicks with this interaction? No! I really like the Mr. idea Walsh. of getting, uh, of, of drawing attention to the fact that this is happening to children. I know you seem to find it very amusing. I don't. Yeah, there you go. Ka-boom. And then this is one of the uh, the Democrats. This is this is this guy Clemens going after a pediatrician about this and made to look like a fool again. What was your, are, are you a pediatric, what was your specialty? Dr. Hamada. I am board certified in, I can't even talk, obstetrics and gynecology as well as family medicine with a focus on sports medicine as well. Representative Clemens. No endocrinology or pediatrics. So if you if you don't have a, a, a an endocrinology degree, you can't comment on puberty blockers for children. That's what this smug, arrogant, uh, you know what is saying. Yeah, that's part, well, pediatrics is part of family medicine, family medicine, and then also yeah, pediatrics means doctor for children. It means doctor for children. Uh, with regards to endocrinology, that's a big portion of what we do in obstetrics and gynecology. <laughs> and what's your formal training in that? Um, four years of medical school and residency with uh, oral and written boards and continued maintenance of certification. You're recognized. Did you do any residency in the endocrinology? You're no. Recognized. Thank you. Well, you had, he's trying to, like, do some sort of a mic drop that because you are a pediatrician and you treat children that you can't say anything about chemically castrating children because you don't have a, a degree in endocrinology. I mean, this is just stupid. <laughs> it's just honestly, it's just it's just beyond belief. Um, I do have a, a story out of St. Louis that I want to share with you, and then we've got a lot of other stuff before the uh, before the show ends. Uh, here's a number if you want to chime in on any of it. It's eight hundred nine two two six six eight zero. This is the Rob Carson Show. The left has been waging a war on America for decades. That's not right. It's not fair. And we're quite simply not going to take it anymore. Honestly, it's not fair to the world. It's the Rob Carson Show. Coming up, we've got some great audio from Damar Hamlin that will uh, restore your uh, faith in humanity. And also, just, I mean, what an amazing story. As I've said, uh, Damar Hamlin's heart stopped on the field, and so did America's. And we all came together, and we prayed like I, I it, was, it was an ethereal moment that night. And I have no doubt it had an impact on his well-being. I, I do not. I do believe that prayer uh, works. I do believe that miracles happen. You're listening to one. And I had a miraculous healing a little over a year ago. I should not be here. I was on a self-destructive course that would have resulted in uh, 2022 as the exclamation point on my Graveside. But I was healed. Um, it was amazing. And uh, I'm not going to get into that right now. You've heard it. If you haven't, we'll talk. But DeMar Hamlin is an amazing story. And all of the chaos and everything that we hear every day, that that young man, that we came together and we showed that we don't give a rat's behind about color. All we care about is humanity and love, and we used our connection, our spiritual connection, I believe, to heal him. So we'll, uh, we'll have that very shortly on the, uh, on the show. Uh, we're talking about this uh, transgender. So, you know, I think we need a little uh, comedic interlude here. 
Here's our transgender song. When you're a man who calls himself a girl. This is Jim Gossett, by the way. It can be a boner. We did this because of Leah Thomas competing with women and beating them. When you compete with women, you have to hide. He was a, a guy last year and then changed him. Ooh, that pair of cojones. I can cycle against the girls, that's my choice. He needs a vasectomy. I can steal their medals with this manly voice Cause the left makes me feel The left makes me feel The left makes me feel like a transgender woman No, you're pretty When I compete with females I'm the one that's feared Why? Cause I'm the only person in the race with a beard But somehow I feel ah, The left makes me feel They make me feel like a transgender woman Woman I don't even care if you an adult you want to you want to become uh, the opposites. I don't care. Doesn't impact me. You want to do it? That's fine. If you want me, we'll have a conversation. Hey, do me a favor. I used to be, uh, you know, and I, if you would call me this, that'd be great. I'm like, okay, cool. I got no problem with it. No problem at all. It's just when you start pawning this crap off on our kids, then we got a major problem. That's when we fight. Washington University Transgender Center, St. Louis Children's Hospital, under investigation by Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey's office. Former employee Jamie Reed said the hospital performs sex transitioning treatments and surgeries on minors and sometimes without parental consent. Reed alleged the hospital would pressure patients into allowing their children treatment by suggesting not to go to do, uh, not to do so would lead to their children's suicides. There you go. If you don't let my child do this, then they're going to commit suicide. Well, I hate to tell you this, but um, what was it four out of five kids grow out of their gender confusion? And the ones who don't, uh, the majority have mental health issues, according to a Finnish professor and a study in Finland from uh, Tampere University. So um, St. Louis Transgender Treatment Center, they've done uh, these treatments to 600 children over the last two years after a whistleblower claimed parents were bullied into allowing kids to take irreversible hormone drugs, undergo gender transitioning surgeries. The whistleblower told the free press that working at the center, which medically transitioned 600 kids, was like being at a cult. And I had to deprogram my way out of it. Reed alleged in a sworn affidavit that the hospital openly lied about not performing sex transitioning surgeries on minors, claiming one doctor, Dr. Allison Sider War, Warnick or Warwick, performed one at the hospital in the last few years. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey confirmed his office was launching a major probe into the clinic following Reed's allegations, which he characterized as disturbing. In her affidavit, Reed said, in one instance, a girl was prescribed cross-sex hormones because she didn't want to become pregnant. That's the reason. There's no need for this girl to be described cross-sex hormones. What she needed was basic sex education and maybe contraception. But because the doctors automatically prescribe cross-sex hormones or puberty blockers for children meeting the bare minimum criteria, this girl was unnecessarily placed on drugs that can cause irreversible change in the body. 
She alleged in another instance that a patient asked for her breasts to be removed and was given the surgery at St. Louis Children's Hospital, but weeks later she asked, came back and asked if they could be put back on. Three months later, the patient contacted the surgeon, asked for her breast to be put back on. Had a requisite and adequate assessment been performed before the procedure, the doctors would have prevented this patient from undergoing irreversible damage. Irreversible damage. The doctors uh, privately recognize these self-diagnoses as a manifestation of social contagion, meaning a lot of these kids are girls and they're struggling with, uh, with their... Uh, body image and other things and so they see the possibility of changing their sex or sexuality as a uh, panacea these are kids who are very very troubled they even acknowledge that suicide as an element of social contagion but when I said the clusters of girls streaming into our office looked as if the gender issues might be a manifestation of social contagion the doctors said gender identity reflected something innate meaning that these girls saw something popular and they decided to do something that was irreversible to be noticed, to change their mental state, and it only made it worse. I am glad this is finally coming to light. All right, uh, last hour of this radio program right ahead, and it's action-packed. Trust me, don't go anywhere. It's time to make common sense common again. It's the Rob Carson Show. All right, so we got a bunch of stuff to get to. Oh, this is kind of funny. New Yorkers, New Yorkers are uh, rejecting a uh, a new list of rules on tipping at tipping, and this is uh, according to New York Magazine's. Uh, uh, the cut they put together this etiquette uh, guideline, and uh, and it tells you what you should tip now. Now, generally, as far as tipping is concerned, and did you hear, by the way, the uh, the IRS is going to go after uh, tipped employees, people who get tipped, because, uh, you know, Joe Biden says nobody making under $400,000 will be subjected to new taxing, but they'll do everything they can to bleed everything out of those uh, who make less, okay, using rules, using the, ta- the, uh, the uh, tax code, uh, going after you for minor mistakes on your tax return. Uh, that's what they're going to do. It's it's very, very Stasi-esque. Uh, but that said, here's what they're saying. Uh, well, like at my, my Starbucks, I used to do, you know, a dollar, sometimes $2 when I get a couple cups of coffee because, you know, I, how, how hard these kids work, you know, and I don't care. I mean, if I got a little extra in my pocket, I don't I don't care. I've never been offended by tipping because uh, I've been on the receiving end. I mean, I, I worked at a truck stop where I was a fry cook. I waited the tables and busted the tables as well. And I got nothing. If I was lucky, I'd get a dollar. I did that throughout high school. <clears throat> that said, so, I, you know, I have no problem with tipping. Uh, and generally, I overtip if, if it's really good service because I don't have to wait tables for a living. And I'm grateful. And I just, I, I don't know. If I, if I, see, I was one of those people, if I was a millionaire, if I was rich, 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 I'd be one of those people like, just go to McDonald's and say, how many people you got working in there? We got eight people on duty right now. Well, tell them all, give them all, and just give them all each a $100 bill. I, I would do that because I know what it's like to be without. I, trust me, I spent most of my life without. <laughs> so uh, so I'm, a, I'm a good tipper. I, I am. But this is you know, getting to be a little bit ridiculous. 
Here's what they're saying. This is according to uh, The Cut, New York Magazine. Um, uh, 25% tip at restaurants. Uh, and a 10% tip when picking up um, your takeout order. 10% for them putting it in a bag and setting it on the counter. Okay, uh, I usually tip them a couple bucks. I don't know, whatever. It's just, thanks, thanks for doing that, putting it in the styrofoam so I can take it home. Whatever. Uh, some other things here. Um, and my wife is one of those sticklers. She's not like a bad tipper, but she's like, she'll say to me as I'm getting ready to, don't, don't tip on the tax. Because I live in Johnson County, Kansas, where tax sales tax is 9.5%. And so the, the final bill on the restaurant tab, say it's $100, and then the tax would be 109 Don't tip on that $9. I'm like, oh, God, just, just, just let me do it. And I, a minimum 20% if it's good service. And, and, you know, if it's bad service, I'll tell the server, eh, you know, the manager, he didn't do a good job. So they're saying restaurants, 25%. Like, uh, it's not expensive enough to live in New York. Coffee shops, 20%. 20% for making you a latte. Uh, food delivery, 20%. What do you deliver? I usually give the pizza delivery dude or dude at whatever the hell, 3 to $5. But now when you you know do the delivery order online, they'll say 15% automatically. I, you know, I don't know. Uh, at a bar, $1 per drink, $20 for, or 20% for a cocktail. What I had always done is you spiff the bartender... Uh, you know, when I was uh, when I was drinking, and I would spiff the bartender, you know, drop five bucks there, and then you're gonna that, that bartender will treat you right. That's just the way it works. That's just the way it works. Deli counter ten percent, Uber drivers twenty percent, everybody else twenty percent. And it's Uber drivers. Uber drivers, whatever. I, I tip my Uber drivers too. Generally, I tip the Uber drivers cash. I'll just if I got ten bucks in my pocket or whatever, I'll just give them cash. So there is uh, that. Oh oh oh, Roseanne Barr's coming back. She's a funny woman. Um, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Comedy Central radio because uh, my heart has been in comedy for a number of years. I, I kind of wanted to be a stand-up comedian until about 22 or so years ago. I did an interview with Dave Chappelle. And Dave Chappelle, I said, man, I wish I did what you do for a living. He goes, Rob, I wish I did what you do for a living. Because, uh, you know, being a stand-up when you're on the road, that's how you do a living. It's not fun. Now he just does it to play. He's so rich, he just, you know, and he gets paid by, he gets paid by uh, Netflix to do one comedy special, a few million bucks. He's only got to do one show. So anyway, uh, she said uh, she's back. And she's got a, a new uh, comedy special, and the reason why she's on Fox Nation is probably because Netflix uh, and Comedy Central, they don't generally allow conservative comedians. Name all the conservative comedians on, the, uh, on, on uh, stage right now. Major comedians that are conservative. Yeah, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. They had uh, the uh, Redneck Comedy Tour for a while, you know, those guys. But anyway, Roseanne Bars, she's doing a comedy special on Fox Nation. Here's a little bit of uh, Roseanne Bars' new special. It's pretty funny. These people, they have no concept of reality. They've been living in a bubble forever. Asking questions have nothing to do with the real world. What is my gender, Mom? What is my gender? Your gender is... Get a job. That's your gender. <laughs> what are they thinking? Ask, what is a woman? They don't know that. That one they're asking all the time. What is a woman? I'll tell you what a woman is. A woman is me. Good. Every woman in America ought to be That's saying that. That's what a that. woman is, okay? Yes. A woman is someone who cleans up everybody else's 
That's what a woman is. <laughs> a woman is somebody whose boobs hang down to her knees with a prolapsed uterus from giving birth to five ungrateful little privileged <laughs> never had to work for anything in their whole damn lives. <laughs> that is fantastic. Oh, that is, uh, that is just fantastic. Uh, Fox Nation, I guess, is running that. Uh, and, and by the way, my TV show, Rob Carson's What the World, we're going to start featuring some of these young comedians who are just incredible, like Sean Farish, my, uh, my Trump impressionist, and, uh, and of course, Jim Gossett, who's the guy who does my, uh, my song parodies, and he and I collaborate on a lot of them, and he does a lot of them on his own as well. And we may do one before the end of the show. How's that sound, kids? That'll be a little treat, like a little dessert on the show today. Oh, yeah, and then there's DeMar Hamlin. Now, DeMar Hamlin, I don't know DeMar Hamlin a couple weeks ago. I don't know who he was, but all I saw was this guy who was on the field, and his heart was stopped, and we all looked at it. We went, my God, they're doing CPR on an NFL player. What's going on? And we all stopped, and people in the stands stood up, and they got everyone in the stands to pray. And we prayed so hard that night. America's heart stopped, too. He did a sit-down interview with ABC for the, uh, for the uh, Good Morning Show, I guess, Good Morning America, and here's what he had to say about his trainer who saved his life. So the assistant athletic trainer, Denny Kellington, he came out and administered CPR to you, alerted everyone else that the situation was pretty serious. What goes through your mind when you think about Denny and what he did? I owe Denny my life, literally. Uh, you know him just, just... You know, he loves to say he was just doing his job, but, mm -hmm. and which is true, you know, yeah. that night yeah. he was literally um, the savior of my life, you know, administrating CPR on me. Like he would say he was just doing his job, but if it wasn't for someone showing up that day with a clear mind and, you know, whatever's going on in their personal life, just to put it aside and yeah. just to be present in the moment to actually be able to do their job correctly, um, that's something I'm, I'm, I'm truly thankful for and I don't take for granted. Wow. Hamlin also earlier this week received the Alan Page Award for his charitable work. And you can yeah, and, and by the way, an amazing guy, an amazing young man. I think he's, what, 24 years old, and he's already got a charity. He had a charity to help out kids, uh, uh, underprivileged kids, and uh, he, he had raised thousands of dollars. And then the night that this happened, his heart stopped, which is like $6 million, which is amazing. And I don't know if DeMar Hamlin's ever going to be able to play football again. That's, that's still, uh, you know, in question. But here he is at that award ceremony the other night, and I, I'm just going to play this because I, I think it's amazing, and I think it's wonderful, and I think we need to hear stuff like this. First, I would like to just thank God for even being here. Every day I am amazed that my experiences could encourage so many others across the country and even across the world. Encourage to pray, encourage to spread love, and encourage to keep fighting no matter the circumstances. Amen. Sudden cardiac arrest was nothing I would have ever chosen to be a part of my story. But that's because sometimes our own visions are too small, even when we think we are seeing the bigger picture. My vision was about playing in the NFL and being the best player that I could be. But God's plan was to have a purpose greater than any game in this world. Amen, brother. Amen. I don't care what your political persuasion. 
My entire life, I felt like God was using me to give others hope. And now with a new set of circumstances, I can only say he's doing what he's always done. I have a long journey ahead, yeah. a journey full of unknowns and a journey full of milestones. But it's a lot easier to face your fears when you know your purpose. Wow. My third night awake in the hospital, I met an ICU doctor. His name was Yusuf. He told me he had a similar experience. He, t he showed me he was okay, and that meant so much to me. There was, so, there was so much uncertainty at the time, and just him coming to me, showing that I could live a normal life again, it meant so yeah. much to me in the moment. Yes. So I want to give a big thank you to him, yeah. and a special thank you to everyone on this stage for everything they did for me. And thank you everyone around the country and around the world who prayed for me and hoped for me. The journey will continue. Wow. It's pretty cool that he, at 24 years old, uh, knows his purpose. That's, that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> that's a pretty big deal. Uh, I'm not sure if I've figured that out myself yet. I, I, I think I do. I, I think I'm coming uh, around at the right place in the right time. And, and as I mentioned, I, I faced an existential threat a couple years ago. And, and when he was talking about the guy who also had the heart stoppage and, and he needed to pick himself up and he questioned himself, he wondered if he would be able to live a normal life. That happened to me when I had a heart attack. I was 32 years old. And uh, I had strep throat, um, 104 degree temperature. I'd gone to the emergency room the day before, January, uh, July 22nd, I believe it was, uh, 1998. And um, I, uh, I went to bed and I, I was hallucinating and I saw, like, I, I saw um, tumbleweeds going over to the end of the bed. I was out of it. I woke up the next morning and I was having a pain in my arm and my, my chest. And I, and I thought, wow, I must have slipped crooked on my arm. And I went to the kitchen and I took four aspirin, which was probably a really good idea. I didn't even know. And I called the emergency room where I was the day before, and they said, hang up the phone, you're having a heart attack. And uh, I laid down as I was uh, beginning to uh, lose consciousness, and I looked over the sky and I said, God, don't let me die. And uh, I was laying there. And all of a sudden, I was yanked up by my arm, and my wife had my arm, and she said, what is happening? And I felt cold water through all of my extremities. And I knew the heart attack was over. And I went to the hospital, and I went in the emergency room, and I had an angiogram, and they, they uh, went through my leg up to my heart, and they showed me my heart on a monitor, and they said, look, you're clear. But my enzymes showed that I had a heart attack. And uh, I remember uh, I had been in a bench press competition at Mall of America about a month earlier, and I was pushing about 350, 370, lifting that kind of weight. And the doctors at the hospital said, well, you're going to start on the treadmill at one mile an hour, and uh, don't lift your arms above your head, and when you go to the bathroom, don't push. And I needed a lot to be able to tell myself that I'm going to be able to have a normal life. When you're 32 years old and you have a heart attack, let alone being 24 and having your heart stop, and you know what did it for me? God. And I stopped by the chapel and the hospital every day, and then I stopped by a church every day, and I had my talk to God every day. So... 
I wanted to share that with you. I hope you don't mind. Let's take a break and come back. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Somebody call a plumber. It's time to drain the swamp. It's The Rob Carson Show. All right, we are slowly coming to a close. I promised you I'd play you a piece of satire, so I will. DirecTV kicked off Newsmax a couple weeks ago. And we're saying, I don't think so. Big problems I am having with DirecTV. Jim Gossett. They drop Newsmax from their lineup suddenly. Yeah, they want to go after Fox. Tomorrow I will be calling AT&T. There must be 50 ways to cancel service. 877-NEWSMAX. 50 ways to cancel service. You just pick up the phone, Joe. I'll do that. Cancel your plan, Stan. Got it right here. Send an email, Gail, to DirecTV. Do that. Tell them you're through, Lou. What you need to do, Sue? Dump AT&T, Lee, and set yourself free. What should Chuck do? You just make the call, Paul. <laughs> Return the dish, Trish. Be careful. Suspend auto pay, Ray, and listen to me. What about Mitt? You're going to love it. When you tell them to shout it, millions will flee D from DirecTV. By the way, uh, Newsmax's second highest rated conservative news network in the country behind Fox News, growing by leaps and bounds in a, uh, well, what is the beginning of an election year? And if you didn't know, uh, DirecTV... Um, Newsmax carries uh, Trump rallies, a lot of them, most of them. They have huge ratings, like 5 million people on a Saturday night. Yeah, I'm sure it had something to do with it. Before I go, I have a very good story. I've been sitting on this story for about a week. Jennifer Hernandez, uh, she is a young woman. She is a mother, and uh, she went from zero to making about $600,000 a month. For those of you who say they don't think they can do something, they say that you haven't found your niche. Um, you know, I grew up on a farm. I busted my butt. I did everything I had to. This woman decided to create a, a, a an office cleaning business. And uh, and look what she did. Listen to her. Uh, that, that, of course, is not her. That is uh, Jim Gossett. Hold on one second. Here is uh, this, uh, this woman with her message. When I first started my house cleaning business, not only was I six months pregnant, I had a big old belly cleaning these people's houses. They felt so bad for me. I also had a one-year-old that I was taking with me, and they would, I would sit him in the stroller, and I would clean these people's houses, right? And I did this for about two to three months. And it wasn't until my husband started cleaning with me, right, like shortly after I started this business. And we would still bring our kids in there. We had no money to, you know, invest in a nanny or anything. But after two months, we definitely, you know, started investing in a nanny. But when you want something, the point is you will go get it, yes. okay? You yes. will go get it. And it doesn't matter what happens you have a way and you'll find a way okay so yeah i was definitely taking my one-year-old to these cleanings and i was pregnant too so i mean i'm sure there's a way yeah there is i think that's a really cool story she'd been sharing her story giving advice to other aspiring entrepreneurs she created this uh, tropical cleanings tiktok page they uh, gained 67,000 followers in weeks, and uh, basically she cleans five offices a day, seven days a week, charges $250 each, which totals $8,759 per week. She has 20 employees who work together eight-hour shifts and each and make her $1,000 a day each. Do the math, $600,000 per month. And she did it by going and buying some uh, cleaning supplies and having the... Uh, the uh, she was able to look past 
uh, any pretense that this might be below her to do such a thing. And now she's in charge. It's, uh, it's pretty remarkable. And, uh, you know, I, I had to do the same thing. I, I had to sell cars. I didn't want to sell cars. I never want to do it again. But I said, if I'm going to have to do this, I'll do my level best. And within a month, I was making six figures. Six figures. Uh, there are a lot of, um, a lot of uh, people who are suffering despair right now. And um, I hope that uh, maybe this show will help to inspire you a little bit. And, uh, and realize that you uh, don't give up, okay? Okay, well. All right. Yeah, I got a little, uh, you know, a little preachy here at the end, but it, it's important. I think it's important. Um, let's come back and wrap up the show, shall we? This, my friends, is the Rob Carson Show. Guys, that's going to do it for the show. Have a glorious weekend. I'm just going to say go Chiefs because I live in Kansas City. Uh, hang in there. We're going to be cool. The truth is coming out. 2023, new American revolution is underway right now. And until Monday, don't catch the stupid. I'll see you then.